Hello everyone and welcome to Friends Till the End, your one-stop shop for all things Friends as we critique episode by episode all the way through the 10 season run. And here we are once again in our lavish, rent-controlled New York apartment overlooking Central Park. I'm Michael. I'm joined by my bosom buddy. Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> Hello, Michael. You think you could think you could put your phone away and, and pay attention to the episode? You I've, know? I've just discovered this new thing. Bloody millennials on their can, phone. You can color on mm-hmm. the phone in the notes. This is what fancy phones have. I don't have this. Okay. So you're distracted by something shiny and bright. It's just so fun. So, yes. Okay. Today we're talking about season one, episode 12. The one with the dozen lasagnas, which debuted on January 12th, 1995. Elizabeth, in the spirit of our higher or lower game, do you think this episode did better or worse than the one with Mrs. Bing, which of course drew in 26.6 million viewers back in 1995? Do you think this did higher or lower than that? I would say lower. Yeah? Yes, because 26 is a high number. I bet it means really high. <laughs> it certainly is. So, I'd say lower. And you'd be right, 24 yes. million on the dot is what they got for this episode. I'm amazing at that. Oh, good for you. Mm. Before we, we jump into it, I have a I have a American New York-based sitcom question for you. Sure. Before we move on. Because another show that you, you very much enjoy and we watch together from time to time is How I Met Your Mother. Yes. So here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could take one character from How I Met Your Mother and transplant them into the Friends universe and then take another a character from the Friends universe and put them into How I Met Your Mother, who who would you swap out? Ooh. That is a very cool question. Um, I would probably take Barney and put him into the Friends world. Really? Yeah. You think that would work? Yeah, I okay. do. And like him dressing up in bizarre costumes and trying to p- pick up women in Central Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I don't think he'd want to hang out with those guys, though. No, but I don't know why anyone wants to hang out with Ted. <laughs> or enough. Ross. Aw. Oh. So, um, and then I would take... I feel like um, I would take Monica and put her in How I Met Your Mother. And I feel like Lily and Monica would get along swimmingly. Yeah, they're both a bunch of buzzkills. They're not buzzkills. I don't know why you don't like Lily or Monica. I like Monica. Well, I we can't have this argument. This is a friends till the end, not how I met your mother till the end, so <laughs> thank goodness for that. <laughs> we open in this episode back in the familiar grounds of uh, Central Perk. The gang are all just sitting around enjoying themselves. Presumably this is Rachel on time off, day off, because she's not serving coffee, although that's kind of how she does it when she but they're all sitting around anyway, and they're not really having a conversation. They're all just kind of sitting, amusing themselves. Ross starts absentmindedly humming a, a tune, which the gang kind of pick up, and it turns into this fun little um, this little routine where they're they're all complimenting each other and doing different parts of the the opening theme. Yes. Of the of this theme song, um, did you recognize the music? No, I was just looking at all their contributions throughout it. I wasn't even noticing what it was. Like it didn't come naturally to me. So no. I'm not sure if it's something I know, actually. Well, you're just a youngin, so you'd be forgiven for not knowing, but it was the theme tune to The Odd Couple. Oh, no, I don't know that. Which, do you want to hear something really funny about that now? Yes. Okay, so uh, they were singing the the theme song for The Odd Couple. Yeah. Which was a movie and I think a TV show. It's a but, it's a play, I believe. Oh, a play as well. Yeah. Well, they brought it, it back for play. another TV season in 2015, and and guess who they cast in it? 
No. <gasps> Ross? No. Joey? No, the other one. Chan Chan? Yeah, Matthew Perry's in it. So a bit of foreshadowing all those years wow. before. 20 years before he got the gig. Wow. Yeah, I remember cool. that. Yeah. Funny that. So yeah, that, that was a nice little, nice little moment between the gang. Uh, Ross then, once that one ends, Ross tries to start up another theme and, every, and Jammer's just like, nah, we're done. We're I good. recognize that, the I Dream of Genie. I Dream of Genie, mm-hmm. that's very good. People are not so keen on that one. What do you mean? Well, they didn't want to start it. Well, no, it was like a, a spur of the moment thing just happened and it was cool. They're not going to keep going with it, annoy everyone in the freaking cafe. Ross had to gild the lily, take it a step too far. Well, he, he's a sad sack. No. He needs something in his life. Oh, wow. <laughs> So we get the theme music and we open proper in Monica and Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. Monica has had a bit of a culinary disaster. Yeah. Maybe I'll have, let you explain this because I have a, a follow-up question, so keep going with what you're saying. Okay, so she's on the phone to a relative, an, an yes. aunt of some description, uh-huh. um, and they're discussing... Uh, the lasagnas, which Monica has been slaving over, apparently, for, for many days. Okay. Um, and there's an issue with it. She's made all these lasagnas, and it seems... It, we pick up midway through the phone conversation, basically, where she's telling her aunt, if you'd asked for vegetarian lasagnas, I would have made you vegetarian lasagnas. Yeah. So she's made all these lasagnas, which presumably have meat in them. That's no good. Uh, so they're just going to go to waste. Uh, and, and Monica's like, well, I'm not a professional caterer. I was doing this to you as a favor, and the conversation didn't go too well. So now Monica's no. stuck with 12 lasagnas. Garfield would be in heaven right now. <laughs> but my, my question is, why was she making lasagnas in the first place? Well, it's not explained. She's doing, like, her, her aunt is, is hosting some sort of event. Oh, and she's cooking for it? She's providing lasagnas for it. Oh, I, I never understood it. I felt like I maybe had missed it. I was like, well, why is she cooking so many lasagnas? It's, it's a favor for a family member, presumably some sort of uh, vegetarian society. Vegetarian society? Yeah, well, I can't imagine why you would need 12 and they all have to be meat-free, unless it was like a specific meeting of vegetarians. <laughs> meeting. Meeting. Oh. A, a, a vegetarian of uh, vegetarians. Good for them. I love vegetarians. But that must be it, because, like, you wouldn't, if you, if you were to hold a function, it wouldn't just be by chance that everyone's vegetarian. No, maybe they just weren't offering meat ones, I don't know. Because, yeah. because think about it, when you are a vegetarian, and you go somewhere, this drives me bananas, so you go somewhere, and they have the veggie option, mm-hmm. with all the meat stuff and all the other choices, and the veggie person can only have that one thing, yet all the meat eaters still want to try it, or have some, so you're left with like one bite, you better load up your plate quickly. But your theory falls down flat, because there's still only one option, there's still only Right, lasagna. but you could have that whole thing. What you mean? No, I'm, but I'm saying if you go to a party, you, you could have that, like say it was pizza, Right. And there was one cheese pizza. Right. Or vegetable pizza, whatever. Yeah. And then all the meat eaters like, oh, yeah, I'll take a slice of cheese. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll, yeah, I have Yeah, to well, that's not fair. I mean, everyone likes cheese pizza. Okay, great. Well, there's cheese on your pepperoni. There's cheese on your sausage. But that person that <laughs> can't have... There is not cheese on my sausage. How dare you? <laughs> but that one person can only have the cheese. And they might be really hungry. These people can stick to their meat dishes. Okay, know? but there is no meat dish on this one. 
I'm just giving an example because okay. I'm clearly passionate about it for some it, reason. I don't think it holds up, but anyway. What? So anyway. Any vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian listeners, please tweet us. No, I get it, though. No, and, and share in my fury about this. No, I get the point you're making. I just don't think it applies because she could have just made six meat lasagnas and six vegetarian lasagnas. Like, it has to be a gathering of vegetarians. I don't think so. <laughs> of course. It Maybe doesn't you're make just trying sense to be a little healthier. I, oh, I. It's so much healthier. Just oh, like, I, indeed. <laughs> just get out of here. You're having, like, six lumps of butter and, you know, a whole wheel of cheese goes into a lasagna. But, yeah, as oh. long as you take out a little bit of meat, everyone will be fine. The cows are feeling fine. What? Oh, right. <laughs> Very good. So, anyway, everyone gets a... The, basically... The, even though the episode is called the one with the dozen lasagnas, the lasagnas don't really play into it other than pretty much every scene somebody has a lasagna in front of them. Yeah. You know, she sends one off to Carol 2.0 and Susan. Um, Carol 2.0. Paolo gets one later on in the episode. Uh, Joey and Chandler get one to take home. Yeah. Bunch. Just lasagnas going for days. Yeah. You could freeze it probably and have it Most later. Most certainly you could. <laughs> you could definitely freeze it. It's a shame that Monica doesn't have more people in her life. Well, she has her work friends if she ever goes to work. Mm-hmm. None of them go to work. That's true. No that, one except for That Rachel. one day a month when she turns up to work, she can hand out lasagna. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's Monica. She's got herself uh, got herself in quite the lasagna situation. Indeed. Elsewhere, Ross is sweating up on baby stuff. He's studying up. Yes. He's, he's, he's got a baby on the way. Yep, he's reading all the books, learning everything there is to know about... You know, the process, so he's mm-hmm. being very sympathetic, I think, towards her pregnancy and all that she has to go through, doing what he can, not being the one that, you know, experiences it or is even with her, so I think mm. it's it's pretty classy of him, you know? Yep. Elsewhere, Rachel and Paolo are planning a romantic trip to the Poconos. Yeah. Which is where, Elizabeth? Poconos. Sounds like somewhere in Greece. No. No? It's in the US. Poconos? Yeah, the Poconos. It's like in the Finger Lakes. Oh. I think. Uh, like P-O-K-O-N-O-S. I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah, I do. It's in Pennsylvania. Okay. So anyway, they're preparing for a trip to to there. We'll check back in with them later. I'm sure that'll go off without a hitch. And Joey and Chandler need a new table. Because their table broke. Yeah. It was an oldie. It was an oldie. They need a new table, and then they had this pretty good conversation about who buys it, because the table was originally Chandler's, so in his mind, it's Joey's turn to buy it. And But Joey's like, well... No, I don't even think that's Chandler's point. Chandler's point is you broke it when you threw stuff down on it, so... Oh no, he broke it when he had a, one of his female companions come around, and they... Got a little bit raunchy on the table. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I thought he just yeah. threw the keys on it and it fell. Well, it, he did fall. He did throw the keys on it and it fell. But oh boy, but Chandler is blaming him because they were going out of hell for leather. Going huh? like they were going going like the clappers on the table. Sex. They were having sex. <laughs> oh, thanks. I didn't know. So yeah, um, and that kind of leads into a little bit of back and forth, a little bit of bickering, and it, and then. You know, Joey gets defensive when Chandler brings up his old roommate, and it's sort of like, "Oh, was he a better roommate than me?" And they're like, "Oh, let's not do that." It was it was fun. They were like an old married couple. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. 
Ross goes round to Carol and Susan's place. Uh, he's he's chatting with Carol. Carol gets a lasagna. It's revealed that they know the sex of the baby. Yes. It's exciting. Very exciting. Ross decides he doesn't want to know. In typical Ross fashion. <laughs> gets a little bit upset. Bumbling around. A little bit bumbling around. He does want to know. He doesn't want to know. He does want to know. He doesn't want to know. So that kind of sets him up quite nicely. I was in total agreeance with Rachel. Who... Agreeance? Agreement? Yeah. I was in total agreement with Rachel because in the next scene or, you know, a couple scenes later, she's saying, how could someone not want to know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, how could you How would you not want to know? I suppose, like, it's very common now to want to know. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, back in the, the mid-90s, was it not a sort of newer, a newer thing when you got to discover the sex of the baby? I don't know when it sort of became in fashion, but I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine not knowing. You couldn't imagine? No. <laughs> I would hate to not know. I mean, presumably you might pick out a name in that time. You might want to refer to it as a boy or a girl or use their name or say he or she, you know. Or the baby. Pick out. Right, you could. A lot of people don't find out. They were doing I, it for I, hundreds of years. My parents didn't find out with me. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised. Oh, boy. But I feel like if it was your first, mm-hmm. you'd probably find out. And then maybe after, you're like, okay. So he doesn't want to know... Monica finds out through talking with uh, Carol 2.0. And then she basically tells everyone. So everyone but Ross knows, basically, at this point. Yeah. Uh, and Ross <laughs> Ross handles it in his, his traditional way of just kind of sulking and self-loathing. And, you know. He should all, just all find out what's wrong with him. Elsewhere, meanwhile, in another part of New York, Phoebe's at work. We, get, we look into her, her career on the side, her part-time job as a... A masseuse. Yeah, we don't... I don't think we've seen that at all yet. No, I don't even know if it's been discussed up until this point. Oh, okay. She's a masseuse. But anyway, she has a a familiar client. Yes, she does. Good old Paolo. Good old Paolo. Pays a visit. Mm Mm-hmm. In broken English, she's like, Oh, I need some help. (laughs) Uh, So she gives him a good rub. (laughs) Gives him the old rub-a-dub-dub. Good God. Um, uh, but Paolo puts the moves on on Phoebe. Yeah, unexpectedly. Out of nowhere, he just is going for it, grabbing her. Yep, playing grab ass. Yeah, so awkward. What do you do? I mean, I would assume that if you, that was a, if this wasn't a TV show, the person would be like, get out, I'm done. I would leave the room, be like, this mm-hmm. is unprofessional. You cannot be doing this. You're not asking for my consent, all that. It's like, it's crazy. It's a real sitcom situation. You know, what happens when the camera stops rolling? But anyway, that that wraps up. She comes to Central Park. She tells everyone but Rachel. So people are getting a lot of people getting left in the dark about things in this episode. Yeah. She isn't sure whether she should tell Rachel or not. Ross, obviously, with a glint in his eye and some hope in his heart, insists you have to tell her. You have to tell her. <laughs> well, of course, he's selfish. No, he's a good friend. Oh, that was selfish well, all was the he, way home. Was he? Well, there there are selfish motivations, but he's right. She she does have to tell her. Yeah, but right. it was for selfish reasons. Partially. Partially. I'd sen- say 99.9%. Whoa. Yes. You don't think he would just oh. say because it it's the right thing to do? No. Whoa. He's been pining after her and Paolo's the only thing that's been in the way. Is that the only thing in his way? Well, maybe his sad Zachary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ross. Uh, Poor he'll, he'll get over it. Innocent Ross. He'll go on to be Greenzo someday. 
Yeah, he'll bounce back. Phoebe does decide anyway that she's going to tell Rachel. They have a sit down. Phoebe says to Rachel, there's three things you need to know about me. Yep. I can't remember the first one. Me either. Well, one of them is that she never tells a lie. And one of them is she makes really good oatmeal and raisin cookies. Yep, oatmeal raisin. Oh, great. Oh, they're great. They're good Christmas time cookies. Yeah, but even the best oatmeal raisin cookie is worse than the worst chocolate chip cookie in the world. Oh, I love oatmeal raisin. If you were to put two cookies in front of me and you said, that's the worst chocolate chip in the world and that's the best oatmeal raisin cookie in the world. What? Guess what I'm eating. You are for the birds. No. No, of Ch- course not. Chocolate chip Why would you choose to have a bad tasting cookie? It's not bad. It's just a... An... The worst chocolate chip cookie, of course, is going to be bad. Nah, it's going to be fine. I bet the butter and the eggs are all like spoiled and there's mold on them and like a dog came by and licked it a little. Well, I'll tell you what, if people can tweet us at FriendsPod, hashtag chocolate chip, hashtag oatmeal raisin, and we'll we'll see who the real winner is. Okay. I'm not saying that I would prefer... No, no, no. <laughs> you've, you've stuck your claim. We'll, we'll see who the, the winner turns out to be. Wow. So anyway, this is kind of prelude. Phoebe's like, yeah, I never lie. All right, I'm going to tell you, uh, Paolo put a move on me. Put the moves on me. Grab my butt. Question. Yeah. Do you think that Paolo wouldn't expect her to tell Rachel? Well, here's my theory. I think, look, like, what do we know about Paolo, right? Good looking Italian boy. Looks a wee bit like Tommy Wiseau. He's a ladies man. Yeah? Yeah. He's a bit of a shagger. Yeah. How long's he been with Rachel? Good few weeks now. He's getting bored. He's getting bored, but he can't he can't tell her that. He can't communicate that. There's literally a language barrier. So how's he get out of it? That's what your theory yeah, is? Yeah, that's my theory. He wanted out. He wanted a way out. Oh, I think he just likes to have his cake and eat it too. Well, I think he wanted a way out and he thought, oh, I may as well have a go, see if I can get Phoebe as well. And the worst case scenario, I get I get away from Rachel, which is what I want. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Because I'm with you. Why else would he do it? It doesn't make sense. Like, there's no way that he... Well, unless he believes in his charm so much that he thinks Phoebe yeah. will be into it. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, that should just be like, ooh, he finds me attractive. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And then just, like, would forget about it or something. Yeah. Wow. So he's either massively confident or just wants rid of Rachel. Interesting. Yeah. And sadly, we'll never know. We'll never get, we never get to hear his side of the story, which I think is sad. You know, two sides to every story. <laughs> yeah, because he's totally in the right, but mm-hmm. just grabbing some woman's wow, that's behind. Wow, that's how she tells it. We saw it, Michael. <laughs> how dare well, you? It's her, nah, but it was her flashback. You're it trumping was her story. this conversation Whoa, right now. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm going to leave it there then. So anyway, yeah, Phoebe tells Rachel. Rachel's initially quite upset. What I liked about it was at no point did she ever get mad at Phoebe. Of course not. Why would she? Well, you know, just getting upset, you know, you might be like, oh, no, he, he would never do that. You probably misunderstood or, oh, you know, how dare you? You're just jealous trying to split us up. She never went down that route. It was all... Very mature. Very mature. You know, mm-hmm. upset, as you would be. Yes. You know? But, yeah, she she sticks by her friend and it, and it ends with a lovely little bonding moment between the two. Yeah. You know, they have a nice wee hug. We haven't really had that, that Rachel and Monica moment. You mean Rachel and Phoebe moment? We haven't really had that Rachel and Phoebe moment up until now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I quite like that. It was quite sweet. It was quite quite nice. It doesn't have to all be laughs. It doesn't have to be zingers every moment. I appreciate it. It's not. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be, and it isn't. Oh, so, okay. It was so it's great. good. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm just pointing out what's happening. Do you, how many people do you think listen to this show that, that, that don't, don't watch Friends? Or haven't seen Friends? Very minimal. Yeah? Very minimal. 
I don't think this would make sense if you hadn't... I think it makes sense. I think we do an excellent job of <laughs> recapping it. Well, geez, let's just pat ourselves on the back. Nah, I, well, yeah. It would be hard for me to visualize something I've never seen. Like, I imagine a lot of people know who the characters if are. If you know what like... they look like, and yeah. you understand... Like, I think we paint a picture with our words. <laughs> All right, Paolo, your confidence is showing. Yeah. What can I say? He's a confident guy. <laughs> He's a confident guy. I like his style. Uh, so they have that nice bonding moment. Rachel uh, reacts by throwing all of Paolo's stuff out of the off the balcony. Yep. Which was nice. Breaking it up. We actually saw the clothes fall down from the balcony to the street. Which yeah. Was, which was quite cool. Because it shows that it actually might be filmed in there. Yeah. Interesting. Potentially. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, she does that. While that's going on, Joey and Chandler go out to buy a table. They have like a little scene in a furniture shop. Can't seem to agree. Chandler wants a a set that has birds on it. Joey Mm -hmm. wants a set that has ladybirds on it. Or as you Americans would call it, a ladybug. Yeah, you should clarify that. People would be like, what the heck's a ladybird? No, most people don't know know what a ladybird is. Maybe for all our UK listeners. Ladybug, anyway. Shout out to the UK. So they're they're bickering. This kind of plays up the whole uh, bickering old married couple that they're kind of given off in this episode. All I can say is, thank goodness they didn't go to Ikea. Am I right? I love Ikea. You're crazy. I think that would have strained their relationship beyond repair. That's true. It's a stressful time walking into one of those. Mm-hmm. But they end up settling on possibly the greatest table in the history of the world. What kind of table, Michael? It's a table football table, Elizabeth. Can you say that what Americans would call it? I believe you would call it a foosball table. Yes, a foosball table. They make a good choice, basically. Yeah, it's a nice one. Yeah, they got themselves a nice table. They're all coming around and playing on it, and we find that Monica... Monica's awesome ...is amazing. It. But why is she amazing, Elizabeth? She's only amazing. First of all, just because she's great. But secondly, because she spins, mm-hmm. and that is not allowed. You cannot spin no. when you're taking a shot or otherwise. You if, can't do it. If you're older than six years old, spinning is morally reprehensible Absolutely. in the game of table football. Mm-hmm. So, so she might be good and might be beating all the guys, but she's also spinning, and no one else is spinning. Mm-hmm. You can have like a harsh right in there mm-hmm. without spinning. Like me. I got shot like a sledgehammer. You mean me. Yeah, you're pretty good too. <laughs> So, yep, they get a, a, a table, football table, you know, it's sort of like, oh, they're an old married couple, but nah, they're still cool, young, hip bachelors who spend their money on table, football tables. Forget <laughs> that IKEA nonsense. Elsewhere, Rachel, uh, Paolo leaves. Paolo gets kicked out. He says goodbye. Phoebe's like, meh, meh. Uh, Monica hates him, says she hates him, but still needs to get rid of her lasagna, so she gives him a lasagna for the road. And then Ross closes his door on the on his face. That's right. I guess Mrs. Bing was right. You know, Paolo isn't the hero. Ross is the it's the mm. hero if you're writing a novel. And then Rachel's having a little cry moment out on the balcony. Yeah, and Ross has to convince everyone that he's the one that should go out there as to not overwhelm her and just him and her go and talk, you know, just to show support. Mm-hmm. The girls initially wanted to go out and do it, but he's like, no, no, no. So I think this was him deciding that here we go. He's going to make his move. Well, because Chandler and Joey had kind of mm-hmm. encouraged him to do so. I don't think he would have if they hadn't been like, well, she's now broken up with him, so now's your chance. Is that good advice? No. It <laughs> happened like four seconds before he goes out there. Right. 
Of course not. Give her the poor woman some time to breathe. Once again, I'm not entirely sure why Ross is depending on Chandler for relationship guidance. Right. But that's where he's at. I My additional question is, Monica and Phoebe don't know that Ross has a thing for Rachel at this point, right? I don't think so. Like, or I at think, least not Phoebe, that's for sure. Well, I think Monica knew that he had like a crush on her in high school, but I think like since she's come back into their lives, I don't think they've ever kind of discussed. I guess not, yeah. So, like, what would they think when Ross is like, oh, I should be the one to go out on the balcony and comfort her? Well, that's, like, the the same question that we could ask, like, how does Rachel not get it? You know, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just obvious in your face. Mm. And so we just figure they're not questioning it because <laughs> the show's not really... Because they're stupid TV characters. Pretty much. I'm just kidding. I love them so much. I just want <laughs> them all to be happy. <laughs> so he's going out there. She's sad out on their balcony and... And this is He's, a similar situation that they were in the night that Rachel first met Paolo. That's right. There the was blind. there was no cat this time. No. But But there's still lots of intense kind of gazing into your eyes while you tell them how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. Hugs and whatnot and you know, Rachel appreciates him coming out, but then she tells him I'm swearing off men, like I'm done with them, that's it. I never wanna speak to another man, I never wanna see another man. Mm-hmm. And poor Ross. Poor Ross. His heart breaks once again. But could he really have expected anything more? I mean, gosh. It it was literally four seconds before. (laughs) Yeah. He showed him the door and then went immediately over to try. Yes. Forget about that guy, baby. (laughs) Anyway, Ross tries to, like, convince her to get back back on the saddle, as it were. You know, Mm -hmm. get back out there, put herself out there. And uh, while while they're talking about it, Rachel lets slip that um, Ross is having a little baby boy. Yay. Which, you know, she gets off with quite lightly. Because he wanted to know. He wanted to know. He wanted to know he really bad. To know. Yeah. It was a nice kind of way they did it too. She's like, oh, your son would, or what did she say? Your bo- your boy would never do this. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you'll raise your guy to, your yeah. boy to be super respectful of women up then. It came out of nowhere though. You didn't expect it, but it was nice. And then his reaction was really sweet and... Yeah. yeah. Well, do you think so because you, it was the way that you found out as well? Because as an audience member, we didn't know what the sex was going to be as well. We found out as Ross found out. Yeah. I think they did a good job there mm-hmm. doing it that way. I thought they might have even gone into further episodes before they revealed it. Oh, interesting. Potentially. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not. But, no, I just felt like it was sweet, you know, with him contemplating being like, I'm... I'm going to have a son. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, it was it was nice. Wait, are you saying something nice about Ross? No. Yeah, no. I think you are. No. You, you were complimentary of uh, David Schwimmer's facial expressions. Yeah, he can on occasion have a nice facial expression. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Wait, how many, how many uh, turtlenecks did we have in this episode, Oh, Michael? I lost count. Oh, brother. We weren't playing our drinking game today, but we were, I was saying drink every time we would have, and yeah, we, there was a few. Well, there's a, quite a lot of lesbian jokes in this one. Very, yeah, a lot of cheap kind of lesbian jokes. They actually went out, they actually attempted to try and, and make a lesbian joke in this episode, rather than just relying on mentioning lesbians to get a laugh. Yeah. Which. Well, no, at one I point, Joey was like, what's a lesbian? Yeah, well, that's not a joke. But they all, I don't know, everyone laughed. But, I know, but that's that's what I, that's that's my point. That's what's so like rubbish about it is they're not writing jokes about lesbianism. They're just relying on the mentioning of lesbians to get a laugh, which is 
It's not funny. (laughs) Like, what is funny about it? I guess just because no one was doing it in 1995. Are you kidding me? Everyone was doing it. On TV? I don't know. Maybe not on a sitcom like that, but... People have been gay since day one. Right, but in the main... Like, in mainstream... Mainstream, like, primetime television. I suppose, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't happening very much. It was probably pretty rare. Yeah. But, I mean, this isn't that old, also. <laughs> I feel like we keep dating ourselves, it's saying... 20, 22 years. I know, but, I mean, that's not that long ago. A lot's changed since then, though. I suppose so. Anyway, we're getting quite deep, and to answer your question, yes, there were turtlenecks. There was at least <laughs> one turtleneck. Paolo brought back a look that I didn't mention, but I saw a couple of episodes ago that Joey was modeling. It's the, the turtleneck with leather jacket. It's a strong look. Ooh, it's a wow. strong mid nineteen nineties shagger look, Woof. and only only the the full blooded Italians can can really properly pull it off. But so he had that look, and then Ross was also rocking a sort of half turtleneck. And there's a metaphor right there. He's half the man that Polo is. <laughs> oh, whoa! And he's got half the turtleneck. Sometimes Joey's shirts remind me of Thackeray Binks's from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Like, because he has the longish hair, and they're, like, a little flowier. Sometimes they're open, like, the buttons are open. It just reminds me of something you'd see in, like, the 1600s, so those flowy <laughs> white tops. Right. But, I don't know. I always think of Thackeray Binks. That's nice. The outfit choices are all over the place. Sometimes I'm like, oh, awesome. This is, like, I would want that top or that dress, whatever. And other times it's, oh, brother. Well, who do you think has the best fashion sense in a lot of them? Probably Rachel. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. And for guys... It's mm, tough between the guys. None of them... No, none of them. I keep thinking of Chandler's oversized coats, and then Joey's too tight tank... His two tight shirts. Yeah. I just don't like Ross, though. I'm not choosing him. So probably Chandler. Okay. So that was the one with the dozen lasagnas. Does that get register a yay or a nay with you in terms of enjoyment level? I think it's a yay. Yay? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite good that one actually. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was um a lot happening. You know, there was four different kind of narrative threads you could have followed, although Monica's was a little bit thin on the ground, but you know, Mo- Monica was doing something, Ross had his own thing, Rachel yeah. and Phoebe were kind of caught in the crosshairs and then Joey and Chandler were off buying furniture together. I remembered this one. You do did remember this one yeah. and and I dare say you'll remember it for for many years to come. <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think we'll draw a line under that for this week. Thank you, as always, for giving us a listen. If you would like to support our our humble podcast, uh, there are many ways in which you can do that. You can give us a wee follow on Twitter. At FriendsPod is the place to do that. We do uh, make posts on that f- fairly regularly, and we do like to, to hear from you with suggestions and feedback for the show. Uh, you can also help support us by heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a nice little review, um, a nice little four or five star review and uh, some nice <laughs> words about us. That will really, really help expose us to a bigger audience, which is what we're trying to do uh, as we go forward. All right, Elizabeth. Um, see you next time, I guess. All right. Take see you easy. next time. Take it easy, bro. See you later, buddy. Bye.